Welcome to episode 70 of the Rich Roll Podcast with Travis Brewer. The Rich Roll Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. I'm your host. My name is Rich Roll and this is the Rich Roll Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. There's so many great podcasts out there. I think there's like 250,000 podcasts. So the fact that you dialed us up and uh, are giving us a shot means a lot to me. Your time is valuable. And the fact that you would devote a couple hours of your week to uh, seeing what we have to share is, uh, is really awesome. It's been an incredible year of doing the podcast and watching the audience kind of grow and congeal and, and, uh, it really warms my heart to see uh, the audience tuning in time and time again, and it inspires me to raise the bar on the show and take things to the next level. It's been a pretty cool uh, past couple of weeks. iTunes uh, listed our show on its homepage, on its homepage for podcasts. They had a little uh, slide bar on Get Fit in 2014 and put us up there alongside some other really great health and fitness podcast. And that was quite an honor. Um, so if you're new to the show, cause you clicked on that, welcome. And, uh, hopefully you find something you like here. Uh, we have been nominated, uh, for a stitcher award. Stitcher radio is like the second largest, uh, distributor of podcast content. And they do an award show, I guess every year. And we've been nominated as one of the best uh, health and lifestyle podcasts, which is also really cool. They're having an awards uh, show in San Francisco this Thursday night, which I think is the day that this podcast is going to go up. So we'll see what happens there. But either case, just to be nominated, super awesome and cool. Uh, in terms of kind of raising the bar on the podcast, it's uh, this show's a lot of work, man. And uh, I've been traveling a lot, so it's been tricky to try to make sure that I get a show up every week. But it has been an honor to kind of take the plant power message on the road and share uh, an inspiring, healthy lifestyle, diet, and nutrition message with all sorts of people. Uh, Julie and I were in Costa Rica. Uh, I was invited to go speak to an organization called YPO, Young Presidents Organization, um, sort of a global network or affiliation of local chapters of young CEOs. And this was... Uh, a retreat for uh, the southern, southeastern United States section of, of YPO, and it was amazing to go and kind of um, share what I have to say with these people and hang out with them in a beautiful location. I'm not complaining. It was amazing. Uh, and then Julie and I went to Las Vegas, where we participated in something called Catalyst Week, which is a program uh, that has been started by Tony Shea, the CEO of Zappos.com. Uh, he is in the process of trying to revitalize downtown Las Vegas. It's a program called Downtown Project. He's purchased a ton of real estate in the old kind of downtown section of the city way off the strip. Uh, he's relocated Zappos headquarters to the old city hall building there and really wants to breathe new young life into this area. And so once a month, they do this Catalyst Week program where they bring in social entrepreneurs and thought leaders and curate kind of a couple days of interesting speakers and events, uh, all designed around introducing people to this part of the city and trying to develop excitement and interest in, in an effort to essentially build what he wants to do, which is kind of create this uh, 
social entrepreneur, sort of forward-thinking startup utopia in downtown Vegas. And you can see the spark being lit, and there's a long way to go and a lot of work to be done, but there's a certain excitement and uh, sense of possibility there. That was That's really cool, and it was an honor and a privilege to go there and speak and meet some other really fascinating people, uh, a bunch of which I'm going to be interviewing for the podcast in the coming weeks and months. So that was great. I'm going to New York City next week, uh, February 9th through 15th, 8th through 15th. Uh, I'm going to be speaking at Bloomberg. I wish that was open to the public. It's not. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's kind of amazing to me. A couple of years ago, if you had said to me that I would be uh, speaking to a, essentially a Wall Street <laughs> organization about health and fitness, uh, I would have said you were insane. It's crazy. Uh, and so it's uh, quite an honor to be able to take the message there. And uh, while I'm in town, I've got a whole bunch of podcast interviews scheduled, five or six right now, and looking forward to sitting down with some some new guests and really fascinating uh, people that I'm going to be bringing to you guys. Uh, so what do we do here? If you're new, each week I bring to you the best and the brightest, the most forward-thinking, paradigm-busting minds in health, fitness, wellness, nutrition, athletics. And this week, today, I have a very interesting uh, guest who fits the bill. I've had a, a bunch of runners on lately, and I figured I needed to switch it up, change directions. And Travis is an athlete uh, of a very different sort, uh, fascinating, very cool guy who does amazing things that I can't even comprehend. He's a ninja warrior in the truest sense, a functional body strength athlete uh, with a background in gymnastics. So essentially he's a calisthenics freak <clears throat> and he's a parkour artist. What is parkour? Parkour is that discipline that you've probably seen in the James Bond movies or the Born Ultimatum movies, Born Identity movies, the guys that run across the roofs and jump building to building and climb walls and do insane things that normal people can't do. Well, this is what Travis does, and he's one of the best at it. He was a finalist in the American Ninja Warrior uh, competition television show. He's a battle bar champion, and uh, you'll be able to see him soon. Uh, on Tim Ferriss's new show. Uh, Tim Ferriss, the best-selling author of the four-hour books, four-hour work week, four-hour body, four-hour chef, uh, has a new TV show called The Tim Ferriss Experiment. And uh, Travis is going to be the guy coming up in an upcoming episode who teaches Tim how to do parkour. So look forward to that. I don't know exactly what the air date is, but you'll be able to uh, see Travis do his thing with uh, Tim, which is really cool. But more importantly, uh, what inspires me about Travis is uh, that he really is an example of someone who fuses meditation and spirituality into his athletic pursuits. Uh, meditation is a crucial aspect of his protocol, and we were able to sit down and really kind of explore that um, in, a, in a really cool way. It's not often that you find an athlete who, who really taps into that to the extent that Travis does. And uh, to have him sort of explain how that helps him dial in his performance, helps him break through barriers and walk through fear and, and allows him to kind of be focused and centered uh, to do some amazing athletic things is, is really kind of illuminating and fascinating. And more importantly than that even is that Travis is an amazing example of service. He's really on a mission to inspire other people to live their life to the fullest and make the world a better place. And help people figure out how to push past their plateaus and and do what uh, is essentially 
the core theme of this podca- podcast, which is to unlock and unleash the best, most authentic version of yourself. So it's not so much about beating other people or how strong you are, or how fast you are. It's more about how do you access and uh, express more fully who you truly are. And uh, that's Travis's message. That's my message. And it was great to kind of uh, sit down and explore that. So that's today's guest. The other thing, uh, one last quick announcement before we get into the interview. A lot of interest in the Plant Power t-shirts. I keep teasing you guys saying, we're going to have them, we're going to have them, we're going to have them, and then nothing happens. Well, I'm proud to say, finally, they're up. They're on the po- they're on, they're on the podcast. They're on the website, richwell.com. We have a couple different varieties. We've got women's versions. We've got men's versions. We've got a couple different designs. Three, I think we have three designs. So go there, check it out, all sizes for you guys. And uh, we have a whole new kind of shopping cart experience. We've redone the store aspect of the site, and it's pretty exciting. So this is just uh, us dipping our toe into the garment world. Uh, we have lots of cool garments in developer development right now. We're going to be introducing many, many cool new uh, clothing line products coming up over the course of the next several months. So just a few t-shirt designs to get started. Check them out. Uh, they're pretty cool, man. You might have seen me Instagram them from time to time or seen me you know, wearing one of them, and now you can have one for yourself. So look at that. And then we have, all, of course, all the other stuff on the site, the cookbook, the meditation program, all that kind of stuff. And we have new kind of a new store experience for you guys to learn more information about those products and to more easily buy them. We have additional shipping options and you can now pay with PayPal and stuff we didn't have before. So I'm really excited to be able to finally offer that to you. This is version one of that. Um, we're, we're debugging it right now. I think we have all the bugs out of it, but uh, uh, it should be all sorted out for you guys. So check that out. All right. So without further ado, let's get into today's interview. I wonder how this is going to go with Travis. Pretty cool. So, without further ado, I hope you enjoy our conversation today, ladies and gentlemen. Travis. We're brought to you today by On. I am a total gearhead. I love researching the latest technology for the sports I enjoy. And I've learned that people often overlook apparel, but what you wear isn't just clothes, it is, without a doubt, technology. Technology that can make or break a performance. And I can tell you, after spending two full days meeting with the apparel wizards at On Labs in Zurich, that On is innovating in this space like no other with next-gen premium fabrics and just this heightened level of sophistication and precision and testing and development and intentionality previously unheard of that puts them just miles beyond the competition. I've been rocking On's high-performance running apparel, including the long tees, the weather jackets, even the climate jacket, all super lightweight, tailored fit, built to move, and just gorgeous to get you out and get it done in fleet foot comfort, no matter the weather. I'm super proud to be a brand partner with this impressive team, from increasing product sustainability to improved energy return and impact protection, truly Swiss innovation at its finest. To get you moving, On is offering an exclusive 10% discount. To redeem, head over to on.com slash richroll and use code richroll10 at checkout. 
We're brought to you today by a very exciting brand new sponsor, Go Brewing. I am sober. I don't drink. And I devoted so many episodes of this podcast to the unreal benefits of an alcohol-free lifestyle. Why? Because even if you don't have issues with booze and suds, no amount of alcohol is good for you. At a minimum, it wreaks havoc on your sleep and produces a hangover that destroys your energy, your mood, and your focus. At worst, it turns your whole life upside down. But no longer does that mean you have to break up with your favorite brew because my pals at Go Brewing are making all your favorite brews, minus the alcohol, fewer calories, and more productive tomorrows. It's not every day that I get the privilege to witness the inception of a company collaborating with our podcast, but that's exactly what happened with Go Brewing. I'm gonna tell you this story. A few years back, I spoke at this event in Illinois, fittingly named Go, and it turns out that that very day catalyzed Joe, the founder, to start his own NA beer company, Go Brewing. I had no idea about any of this until I bumped into Joe at Jesse Itzler's Running Man event the other month in Georgia, and he shared this story with me I savored his fare in all its varieties and deeply moved by the mission and what he shared with me and just impressed with the insane taste and quality of his alcohol-free concoctions, I wanted to help share the discovery. Made with natural ingredients faithful to traditional beer styles, Go Brewing has an impressive lineup of delicious, small-batch, craft, alcohol-free brews, all without added sugar or artificial processing. My favorite is their double IPA, not just another story, but basically you just really can't go wrong because everything they make is brewed to perfection, worthy of trying yourself, which you can now do at gobrewing.com. That's gobrewing.com and use the code richroll for 15% off your first purchase. We're brought to you today by recovery.com. I've been in recovery for a long time. It's not hyperbolic to say that I owe everything good in my life to sobriety. And it all began with treatment and experience that I had that quite literally saved my life. And in the many years since, I've in turn helped many suffering addicts and their loved ones find treatment. And with that, I know all too well just how confusing and how overwhelming and how challenging it can be to find the right place and the right level of care, especially because unfortunately, not all treatment resources adhere to ethical practices. It's a real problem, a problem I'm now happy and proud to share has been solved by the people at recovery.com who created an online support portal designed to guide, to support, and empower you to find the ideal level of care tailored to your personal needs. They've partnered with the best global behavioral health providers to cover the full spectrum of behavioral health disorders, including substance use disorders, depression, anxiety, eating disorders, gambling addictions, and more. Navigating their site is simple. Search by insurance coverage, location, treatment type, you name it. Plus, you can read reviews from former patients to help you decide. Whether you're a busy exec, a parent of a struggling teen, or battling addiction yourself, I feel you. I empathize with you. I really do. And they have treatment options for you. Life and recovery is wonderful, and recovery.com is your partner in starting that journey. When you or a loved one need help, go to recovery.com and take the first step towards recovery. To find the best treatment option for you or a loved one, again, go to recovery.com. 
I think the thing that that uh, most intrigues me about you is this idea of unlocking your best self, which is obviously like a big theme of this podcast. Like, how do you become more authentic to who you are? And uh, and your message is really it's not so much about beating other people or even trying to be the best at whatever your discipline is as much as it is being the best you, you know, or, or finding out what that is and always bringing it back to the inside job. Yeah. Is that, is that fair? That's accurate. That's fair, and, <laughs> fair and accurate. Even though you just beat somebody. Yeah. yeah. I know. We're going to talk about who you beat in a minute, but <laughs> yeah. Um, I, and, and not to jump too far into it, but you know, I think, a great part about that would be like, uh, you know, for this example, this weekend I was in a competition called Battle of Bars and I took on the top ranked American in calisthenics and, and, and body weight um, workouts and uh, ended up beating him at the end of the competition. But mm-hmm. it was it was so great to experience and be there because it was really more about being ourselves and being the best that we could be. And at the end of the day, like there's a, there's a beautiful picture I'll show you guys where we're actually, we're, they're both holding both of us up, you know, and like I have a trophy in one hand, but I have his hand in the other hand, you know, like it's right. really about like just being the best that we can be and pushing a sport more it is than who's best. Right. What, and that was at the fitness expo at downtown. Fitness expo. Yeah. So what is the competition? What is the competition? Like this is a world that I don't know that much about. Yeah. It's a, it's a unique world, but it's, um, so calisthenics is body weight training or body weight movement. And, um, so I guess for the viewers, uh, your, your jungle gym setup when you were in PE class in elementary school, your, your, uh, pull up bars, your monkey bars and your dip bars, which are the, uh, the, the parallel bars, mm-hmm. um, are essentially the apparatuses that we use. So it's basically becoming the ultimate, like, <laughs> monkey playground king of the playground um right. and so you awesome. you um we combine not just a workout like a, how many pull-ups can you do or how many you know how many dips you or handstands you can do on the bars but it's like how you create that into a flow so mm-hmm. think of it make break dance meets mm-hmm. working out meets uh, at the jungle gym so so there's like an artistry to the whole thing exactly so right. you're you're judged not only on strength and agility but creativity and flow uh-huh. So do they have, they do it like figure skating where they hold up numbers and stuff or how do they score it? Yeah. So there's uh, the, it, it's, it's unique in the sense that it's, it's still like an emerging sport. So it's like different people have different like scorecards. But for example, I was, uh, I was the main event or the, the main title card for this uh, on Saturday. And mm-hmm. so what they did is they had top ranked people for weight classes. So if you almost think of it as a boxing match. Right. So I was the title card, but then there was undercards below me for different weight classes. And it was judged on rounds or judged like one on one. So there was three rounds. Um, and so a, a competitor would go for up to 40 seconds. And then the next and then the other person would go for 40 seconds and then back right. and forth um, until the round is up. And then the, the judges would score each round. Um, you get a, just like in boxing, you know, you, there's a you, you would get a, a ten as like a perfect score, and then 
the second place person would get either a nine or an eight or a seven, and then you get docked points for doing something. But you're, there's this back and forth, right? So yeah. you really are kind of like battling with the other person as opposed to just doing, like in gymnastics, you just do your thing and you're done. And Correct. Right. That's cool. Yeah. And so that was the actual, so there's actual battles and fights. So almost like they score every round like boxing or mm-hmm. like a UFC fight. And then there was also an open competition on Sunday, which was a lot more like a gymnastics where it was, you had a two minute flow. Um, and then people would judge it, um, based on like what they thought was the, you know, they did it, they narrowed it down to like a top 10 and a top three. Right. And so you actually had more of score based off of that. Cause you're not battling, you know, just one person. Mm-hmm. So like what consists, like, what does that routine consist of? Then what makes it great is it's creative control. Like okay. you get to make up your whole routine. So what, what's beauty of it, unlike gymnastics where it's like, you know, you have certain, things you have to requirements you have mm-hmm. to hit there's there's nothing like that mm-hmm. which makes it so much more i think enjoyable because you're the creative outlet that you use is 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 just as important as how strong you are right it's cool <clears throat> how long has this been around for um i've been these type of battle competitions have been this is have been going around for uh, a couple of years like right. this is the it, it's been going. This would be like it's going on its third year. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, it seems like. I mean, when we're in grade school, you know, it was all about the presidential physical fitness award. <laughs> how many pull-ups can you do, and like climb the rope and all of that, which was really fun. And then, at least in my experience, I mean, I'm a lot older than you, but that just, you know, there was no, there was no other kind of further outlet for that kind of thing, unless you were going to be a gymnast. And now, I mean, do you think is it related to the advent of CrossFit and all this sort of, you know? Functional body stuff. Oh yeah, I God. saw those pictures that he yeah. showed at Instagram. It's crazy, these Instagram uh, shots. Are <clears throat> by the way, you have insane. to follow. <laughs> you gotta, <laughs> yeah, to follow you on Instagram, your pictures are amazing. They're, oh, they're, yeah, they're, they're pretty cool. I hope we get this one. So yeah, it's T Brewer three one four on Instagram. And you look but, like a giant in that. Photo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he's these crazy pictures of him like flying in midair, flinging himself off bars on you know on the beach in Santa Monica and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Oh, now I've got video. Yeah, he's showing me. Yeah. I wish you guys could see. Oh my God, I can't believe you do this stuff. Yeah. This is crazy. And so you, when we first met, we met actually at a dinner party over Christmas, mm-hmm. but um, you were you were talking to Rich about getting your energy for really strong, quick, fast, you know, spurts of energy. Yeah. So how do you eat to fuel this? Um, I actually eat a lot of vegan uh, meals. Um, I, I don't, it's okay if you don't, don't good, like, good answer. <laughs> no, no I, I mean, I, <laughs> you backed him into a corner there. He doesn't have to no, feel I like he has to that. say that. No, it's no. uh, well, I'm, I'm happy to admit, I mean, like I ate a cafe gratitude today and uh-huh. you know, so did we, oh, so we, we, we must've just you missed like you. Like <laughs> I, was there, I was there at 11, but, um, no, I, I follow a, not a hundred percent vegan diet, but it's, it's, preferred vegan, I guess is, mm-hmm. is what I, what I usually tell people. Um, I have a hard time giving up fish. I eat a lot of sushi still, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. um, I really just try to eat, you know, a, much of a plant-based diet as well as, or, you know, kind of go pescatarian, but, um, right. just it, the overall theme is really clean, um, mm-hmm. you know, organic whole foods mm-hmm. close to their natural and do you, state. And do you, and do you find like, do you eat differently when you're anticipating a match or a meat or whatever you, you call it? A battle. Yeah. Actually, a battle. um, a perfect example would be, uh, the week leading up to this weekend. I actually, I went all vegan. Mm-hmm. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. Did you notice any difference with that? I mean, it's pretty close to how you were eating anyway. Yeah. So. I don't notice a huge difference. Right. Um, but I, I do notice that I, when I eat 
a ton of meat, specifically red meat, I get a lot more sluggish. Mm-hmm. So okay, so it's the speed that you're that you're looking for. Yeah, because I'm using a lot of fast twitch. I'm using I'm doing like, not only am I doing you know, like handstand you know push ups, but like you know doing a handstand push up like off of a bar and then having to re grab it and so right. it's very explosive type movement. Yeah, I mean it's it couldn't be more different from what I do. It's exactly. very it's very skill specific. <laughs> it's very explosive. It requires, you know, quick bursts of massive amounts of energy mm-hmm. and an incredible amount of eye hand coordination and balance, all of which I lack <laughs> in spades, you know. Um but back to that other question. So th- so it's only been this sort of specific discipline has only been around for a couple of years. So yeah. is this kind of woven into the, the, the cross fit kind of explosion or this, there's this, you know, movement of functional body strength and getting back to kind of basics, whether it's kettlebells or just using bars and getting out of the, the typical kind of conventional gym scenario. Yeah. I have a, like, I guess a love hate relationship with CrossFit. I think CrossFit has done a great job in the, in the sense that, uh, it, it's helped, evolve that there's other sports out there besides you know it's you know they their tagline is they're the the sport of working out you know mm-hmm. so um in that essence that you know it's grown in popularity and so many people are getting into it i think it's awesome but me specifically i i don't i don't really get into like the the heavy lifting of the olympic lifts and stuff but i do really enjoy the the body weight movement with the the calisthenic aspect or the gymnastics aspect so mm-hmm. your muscle ups your handstand walks your handstand push-ups that kind of stuff the the burpees and and so I've been I do work with some CrossFit gyms kind of on the side, teaching some of the gymnastics type elements. Um, and I've I've kind of seen maybe a biased version, but you know I think that a lot of the CrossFit kind of world is kind of evolving and incorporating a lot more of the gymnastics, like the gymnastic wad um, website with mm-hmm. Carl Paoli and stuff is really kind of blown up in popularity. And I think what Carl does is really really cool and. Um, and that kind of world. So it's, it's, it's neat to see that gymnastics and that type of movement is becoming more popular. Right. And I mean, listen, anything that gets people, you know, excited about getting fit and, Mm -hmm. and taking care of their body is a good thing. We can, you know, split hairs over CrossFit this or that, but people are excited and, you know, posting about their workout of the day or what have you. I mean, it's a great thing. Yeah. I, I think it's awesome. And it, CrossFit does a great job of not only making a community, but also, you know, getting people to have a, you know, a, a goal, you know, that they right. can reach and then try to beat it and, and, you know, allows them to kind of have their workout of the day and have a set time and try to achieve mm-hmm. it, which I think is really great for any, any human, you know, so I think it's awesome. I, I just that, you know, I just want to emphasize that form is more important than time sometimes. Right. So, you know, if you get hurt, you know, you know, shaving off of five seconds on your time and you're, you're hurt for six months, like it's not worth it. So, right. Right. Um, just the element of competition, you just got to be smart about it mm-hmm. and whatever you do. Yeah. I mean, I th- I saw a video of a guy going for a record with pull-ups the other day, a CrossFit guy, and, and he was wiggling all over the place and, you know, jerking around. And I, I don't know, I don't know that much about CrossFit at all, but I was like, that doesn't look like a correct pull up because mm-hmm. there was so much using so much swinging and momentum to do it. So I'm like, well, what is actually being yeah. accomplished? Like, what is the goal goal here? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure I'm understanding. Yeah. So like, you know, for a, a perfect example, kind of the calisthenic movement versus the CrossFit movement, you know, like, uh, uh, with, with CrossFit, you know, they have the kipping pull up and the kipping muscle up, which mm-hmm. is all about being able to maximize how many reps you can do. So you can, you really fling your body and it's all right. Momentum. That must've been what I was looking at. Yeah, yeah. Versus in calisthenics, you know, it's almost rewarded to do 
a really strict or a really strong, mm-hmm. you know, straight arm pull up or muscle up or, or, or dip. And so it's just different philosophies of, of how to move. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, as long as people are moving and trying to better their bodies in the yeah, world, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I mean, I think that is, that is the thing with CrossFit is the, the community aspect of it. Cause yeah. everybody's there to support each other. And that's, yeah. that's an awesome thing. Um, but yeah, but like what you do or Frank Madrano, like the control over your body movement is mm-hmm. so like insane. I mean, the way that you guys can slowly raise your body in these ridiculous positions and whether it's a, you know, upside down reverse you know headstand whatever like yeah. it's it's impressive to watch actually i talked to frank yesterday oh you did I, cool yeah told him we, we're talking about you so oh cool <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna give him a heads up yeah, yeah frank yeah. when you're listening i'm gonna call you all right yeah <laughs> well, i'd love to have him on the podcast and that movement actually is extremely meditative because i because you're so slow and you're you're in and feeling every part of your body i'm i'm guessing mm-hmm. just from viewing you yeah so would you say that i mean i happen to know that you're into meditation but that's true but were you which proceeded were you getting some of that experience from your gymnast background or were you always into it uh well i mean i started gymnastics when i was a little kid so you were meditating then not yet no <laughs> um so i did gymnastics it was weird I grew up doing gymnastics, but I quit in middle school. So like, you know, my, I I think I was in, you know, the five-year-old class, like, Mm -hmm. like every little kid and the instructor was like, you're pretty good. You should keep doing this. But you know, I, I, I didn't really go on. I went through till middle school, but at that point it was, it was getting to the, getting to a, a fork in the road where it's like, Hey, you know, you're getting pretty good. You need to either double down or you need to double down or move on. You Mm -hmm. know, like you're going to start doing Olympic training track and you know you need to dedicate every minute you have after school to doing this and you know growing up in texas it was cool to have you know to play football and play soccer and mm-hmm. have a girlfriend and have a social life and go to the movies and i couldn't do any of that so i i just decided to you know try what, other sports instead what part of texas mm-hmm. in houston mm-hmm. and so you start playing like lacrosse and basketball and mm-hmm. football and all that kind of stuff yeah. uh, you do that through high school i did football soccer lacrosse and track <clears throat> And what brings you, you know, what brings you back around? Um, specifically. Well, I mean, so, all right, so we'll, let's just take it through. I mean, yeah. so after high school, like, where do you yeah. go next? So, uh, um, throughout high school, I was, you know, I did uh, football, soccer, lacrosse, and track, and then basketball outside of school. And uh, I played on a... Uh, on a club soccer team outside of school uh, as well. Dude, you're, you're busy. And, and you were busy. you're worried about being overcommitted yeah. by doing gymnastics. I mean, you yeah. just didn't want to belong to one. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I excelled, um, probably the best at soccer. Um, and so, uh, my senior year I was, you know, looking at scholarships to go play in college mm-hmm. or, um, take it to the next level. And I, I ended up blowing my knee out. I tore my ACL, LCL and PCL and tore all the nerves mm-hmm. in my, hmm. in my knee in my knee that I couldn't wiggle my toes and kind of ended any sports career that I had envisioned uh, going into for college. And so it was quite devastated mm-hmm. and I ended up rehabbing and tearing it again, my freshman and sophomore year of, mm-hmm. of college. I ended up going to the university of Arizona mm-hmm. and, uh, ended up rehabbing and going up and going finally making like the club soccer team, uh, at Arizona, uh, which was just kind of more for like mental, like, uh, you know, say that I could come back and do it, but, um, didn't really, it wasn't a huge prosperous career. So after that I was kind of at a loss and, but 
in doing rehab for, you know, three plus years on a knee, I really got into mm-hmm. rehabilitation um, and physical therapy and, and just working out in general. So I, I just kind of started working out after college, just kind of doing, you know, any type of, I, I always preferred body weight, but was using kind of heavy lifting weights for a while and then ended up kind of transitioning more into like body weight, but always just kind of training on the side. Mm-hmm. And um, it wasn't until I moved to like Santa Monica, uh, Venice area where I found Muscle Beach and I was like, hey, there's a whole like community of there's acrobats and yeah. world, you know, like, uh, you know, strength training and, you know, body training and uh, all this type of stuff. And then also I think, you know, the, with the explosion of CrossFit, you know, happening a couple of years back, I realized that, you know, you really can become, you know, get back into, you know, making fitness as a sport again. Right. Without, Regardless of age or whatever you're doing. I mean, did you, when you finished college, did you go into like a traditional job market situation? Or? I did. I uh, went and did commercial real estate mm. and I worked for Cushman Wakefield and uh, it couldn't have been, uh, you know, it was about as corporate as it gets, you right. know, I had to suit and tie every day and, but not only suit and tie, but you had to only wear a black or blue suit, you know, and a red tie. And I was like, this is really not, <laughs> I'm seeing you do that. <laughs> this is not, how long did you do that for? I, I, I made it less than a year. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I went into, uh, I still worked in real estate. I, I went, I wanted to do something a little more creative. So I worked for a, um, a real estate developer. Um, but then the market crashed and, um, mm-hmm. and, there was no developing going on for many years in real estate. So I, you know, I went back down the street to Pepperdine mm-hmm. and, uh, got my MBA. So you had already, you, you were here in LA already. Yeah. And, uh, I gotcha. Yeah. And then you go and you get your MBA and the idea, what, what was the idea there? Become a real estate kingpin? No, <laughs> it was, uh, you know, I was always more, it, it was actually, you know, I was interested in fashion and fitness. Mm-hmm. Those are the two things I really enjoy. So, I was like, well, why not see how I can kind of combine that into a a passion? So, um, uh, actually of all things, it was, you know, I I take it back. It was, it was fashion fitness and then it was, uh, you know, uh, throwing events and and philanthropy. So Mm -hmm. I was, I was throwing, uh, uh, parties for, uh, this nonprofit falling whistles for a while. Mm -hmm. And then I was also, um, helping out with different like uh, local venues, throwing, throwing parties and events. So I was doing that for a while and then helped uh, open up a restaurant. Uh, but then eventually kind of evolved into starting a, a clothing line and fitness movement. Um, right. Which is, uh, you know, we, we uh, called positive impact. Mm-hmm. And so high lifestyle. Yeah. So pie lifestyle is what's up right now. And then it's evolving into a positive impact movement, which is all about this movement of, of, making a positive impact through movement. So not mm-hmm. all, it'll be a kind of a destination site where you can, you know, we uh, teach people about the calisthenic movements that I do, you know, teaching people the mm-hmm. basics of, of not only how to, to move within the body, but, you know, how moving and edu- moving within the body really, you know, helps move the soul and the, and the mind as well. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll have, you know, apparel attached to that and uh, kind of, of, of the lifestyle of, of, of how we live. Right, cool. Yeah, I saw the the apparel is already up, right? Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> excuse me, you have a uh, program where three point one four percent of every purchase pie, yeah. right, uh, is donated to uh, not exactly a charity of your choice, but you get to pick between three different disciplines, yeah. right? 
whether so, it's it's what is it it's shelter yeah food water food, and shelter. water and shelter mm-hmm. right and you have one you have one charitable organization for each of those yeah and so we are affiliated cool. with them and you know just trying to make a difference in the world because you know giving giving back to the world the world gives back to you so it's just kind of putting mm-hmm. that intention out with right. everything that we do I'm super proud to announce my next venture, Voicing Change Media. This beautiful consortium of thinkers, storytellers, artists, and visionaries all committed to fostering meaningful exchanges and sharing thought-provoking content. Voicing Change Media will feature shows like The Proof with Simon Hill, Soul Boom with Rain Wilson, Mentor Buffet with Alexi Pappas, Feel Better Live More with Dr. Rangan Chatterjee, and The Conversation with Amanda Decadene. You can explore this network and all its offerings at voicingchange.media. So, uh, so getting back to kind of the timeline. So you're, you, you moved to Santa Monica and you discover this community in Venice beach mm-hmm. and begin to immerse yourself in this and you're starting to unlock your passion with this. Yeah. I mean, is it, are you down like on the, like muscle beach, muscle beach, like right there in Venice with the outdoor weights and those guys are like the bars over by the Santa Monica pier. Both. Both. Uh, right? I, I love both of them equally. Mm-hmm. Um, although fun fact, uh, uh, via history, the Santa Monica rings and bars is actually the original Muscle Beach. Oh, it is? Yeah. It started in like the 20s and 30s and uh, was the only Muscle Beach until like the 50s and 60s. And then um, they shut it down. The city of Santa Monica did. So Venice started one up uh, when Santa Monica shut one down mm-hmm. right in the 60s. And that's kind of when the the bodybuilding and Arnold and all that kind of stuff and the, the TV and the movies took place. And so right. that's... That's kind of what everyone knows is the Muscle Beach, but Santa Monica is the original one, and they brought it back in the '80s. So. Right. So you're like OG Muscle Beach, yeah. Like down by the pier, <laughs> right? Because all those videos I saw, those are all those all look like they're right by the Santa Monica Pier, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I I actually I would go to both equally, but uh-huh. um, now that I moved to Venice, I'm I'm at the Venice one probably uh, just as much as I am the Santa Monica one. Mm-hmm. And so what you know what does that look like? You show up at a certain time every day, and there's a bunch of dudes and women or whatever and everybody's there and so sundays are kind of like the the mecca or the 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 holy day that everyone goes out Uh and and meets up you know the weekends are popular but i'd say sunday afternoons um you know my favorite thing to do i go to the lake shrine down the street and Mm -hmm. then head to the beach right afterwards but um and pretty much from one or two till the sunsets is kind of when all the acro yogis and the handstands and the pull-up guys and the people swinging on the rings and people just kind of hanging out. There's a big grass area where everyone hangs out and it's, you know, if I could transport back to one place on, on Sundays, that's where it would be. So, right. um, we do that or we have a, we'll have a group meet up in Venice, one of the two. So, mm-hmm. and like how many, so sort of like how many people are part of this community here? So I actually, in that community, I mean, there's hundreds of people that, you know, come uh-huh. out it's, it's, it's quite beautiful. Um, and then I helped start a group with some friends, uh, specifically, uh, kind of the more calisthenic and bar stuff we do. It's called raw movement Mm -hmm. and, uh, it's based all about, we're kind of (coughs) a a group of people that just enjoy movement in general. And it's, we're just a positive community based around, 
not just pull-ups, but, you know, hand balancing or acro yoga or, you know, any type of just movement in general. So that's where the, we're the raw movement crew. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so where does this, how does this end you up in, on the American Ninja <laughs> competition on TV? <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a fair question. So I was actually, this is a good story. The day that I graduated from Pepperdine getting my MBA, you know, I was like, my what? parents came out, uh, I graduated, how um, many years ago? Two, three years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Recently. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I graduated and, um, where'd your parents come out from? From Houston, Texas. Okay. And, uh, they were like, you can, we can we'll go to celebrate, you know, take you to lunch, dinner, wherever you want to go in the city, you know, like, where do you want to go? And I was like, you know what? I really want to just go to Santa Monica Muscle Beach and get mm-hmm. a workout. Let's go, let's go get a lunch somewhere on the beach and hang out there. And, uh, that day is when I met this group that was called the Barholics and they were a fitness bar group and they were doing their tricks on the beach and I was like hey you know like I can do that and they're like oh man you're really talented like mm-hmm. what uh what what you know like what's your background how'd you learn how to do all that stuff and and they're like well you know what we we get contracted by brands and the fitness expos to come and do like really really hard stuff for all the uh different you know apparatuses you know like there's this brand called Crosscore, which mm-hmm. we do work for which is kind of like a trx on a pulley system and mm-hmm. you know it's really hard to do a pull up on it, let alone a muscle up. So, uh, which is a pull up where you extend your body into a dip. And right. so they're like, Hey, we're putting on a, uh, a show for these guys, a demo. You want to come join us? And this was like, yeah, this was like three years ago. I'm like, sure. And I mean, then so, that's kind of when it all took place. Like literally over the weekend, three years ago is when I first really kind of like met right. this group and it's kind of evolved and the, the group disbanded. We became raw movement, which is based more around just, you know, movement in general right. and, and, and positivity. But, um, I was doing that. And, uh, uh, about two years ago, a, a parkour gym called Tempest opened up and or two and a half years ago. And it's up in the Valley in Los Angeles. And, um, I was like, I've always seen parkour videos and I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. I want to go out there and I want to do that. So I, I went to the parkour gym and uh, quickly became friends with uh, the pro team there. They have a, the, the people who started it have started mm-hmm. a, a, a pro team and became friends with some of the guys on the team because I would just usually go there and just kind of go trick for trick for whoever was the, the best person at the gym at the time. And like right off the bat? Yeah. And just a uh, walk on. Yeah, <laughs> you walked like, right on the team. I could do that. Yeah, I can do I that. I can run up that wall. Yeah, and so uh, it, <laughs> I, would, I would go back and forth there a bunch. And so I... Uh, I and right after the fitness expo, um, I guess last year or two years ago, um, I got really sick. Actually, I got what's called MRSA, which is this multi-resistant mm-hmm. staph infection, and um, it was uh, put me in the hospital for like a week and a half or something like that. And so I was pretty much knocked out all of February, and then. Uh, as soon as February was out. Wait a second. How did you get that? I, I, I still don't know. You don't how I got know. it. Yeah. Okay. That's the scary yeah. part, but different story. But the point of the story is when I came Dirty back, bars. Yeah. <laughs> literally, I think it's, you know, Raw from movement. Dirt, yeah. No. And, uh, but when I came back, I finally, like, as soon as I would, had enough energy, you know, my, my girlfriend was like, well, you know, what do you want to do? I was like, I, I just want to go, I want to go to parkour gym, you know, like I want to mm-hmm. go jump around and I want to go move. And so we went to this gym and we went to so, Tempest. Before, sorry to interject, yeah. but if somebody's listening who doesn't know what parkour is, yeah. maybe explain what that so is. So parkour um, is kind of the sport of basically, like you see the people that 
jumping from rooftop to rooftop or climbing up walls. Mm-hmm. Um, technically, it's it's basically you getting from point A to point B, you know, as fast. Via and, roof. Yeah, via or roof. Fast or, moving car. In other words, yeah. yeah, if you've seen any of the Born Identity movies, <laughs> yeah. like those guys running across roofs and jumping off buildings and stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, those guys. Those are the parkour athletes. So um, I went to the parkour gym and uh, was going trick for trick for this this one athlete individual and uh, and he was like man you've you've got some you've got some pretty good skill he like uh, where did you you know you know like are you are you here to train for American Ninja Warrior and I was like no I like I I, I just got out of the hospital you know like right. I, I don't know what I'm actually about. sick yeah I'm actually quite sick and and uh, kind of re- recovering he's like oh dude I drove down here from Seattle you know and. Um, we're here for American Ninja Warrior. I was like, cool. And his brother comes up. He's like, you don't know who you're talking to, do you? I'm like, no. I'm like, who is this? He's like, this is Justin McGrath. He's the second farthest American Ninja Warrior ever. I'm like, hmm. that's that's pretty cool. You know, I love that show. I, and he's like, he's like, dude. And we became friends. And he's like, you should you should come watch the show. And we can we can probably get you on. You know, like uh, I was like, cool. You know, like uh-huh. I'll come watch. You know, like uh, you know, hey, I'm still quite kind of injured and tired, but like. I'll come and I would love to any opportunity to 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 be a part of it. So I went and watched watched the show. Um, I was just kind of in the audience, really, and uh, an opportunity came up where they were like, "Hey, we're taking a couple walk-ons," and so I was like, "The they were able to squeeze like I think ten walk-ons on at the end of the show," and mm-hmm. like I was actually the only walk-on who actually like could do it. Yeah, could, could do, do it. it. <laughs> I, I made it to the next round, and uh-huh. they were like, "Who?" this guy you know like so they were pretty excited about it and uh so I was um I you know was still injured I did okay that that first season and then last season I did you know pretty well as well so right um, you were a finalist or semi-finalist yeah yeah, a Venice finalist and semi-finalist for the show so Mm -hmm. um and it's just been a great experience and just kind of meeting the other ninja warriors and and parkour athletes of the world it's kind of involved into this like you know, evolution of getting to opportunities to teach other people parkour. And, right. How to do it. Yeah. That's to, cool. And it's still, I mean, you, you've only been doing it, what, like a year and a half yourself or something like that yeah. at this point. Right. Yeah, so about two years. Um, well, yeah. the cool kind of thing about, about it is, you know, in telling that story and you show up and you really have very little, almost no experience in this specific discipline and yet you're able to, you know, kind of shine right out of the gate. It, it goes back to that theme of like, well, who are you? Like, you know, who is this guy? I mean, that yeah. is the question. Who is this guy? Well, you're showing us who you are. Like this is at your core something that is, you know, you can almost make the argument that you were born to do, you know? Absolutely. And you just, I mean, even after graduating from business school, all you wanted to do is go down to the beach and the gym. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you didn't want to go eat at the Ivy or do what everybody mm-hmm. else wanted to do. It's like you're inner voice your you know higher self is drawing you back to this place time and time again to show up here Mm -hmm. and it's led you you know to some pretty cool places yeah it's 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 so amazing it's like you know following your passion you know and i recommend this to anyone it's like following what your inner voice or what your your guide is is telling you to do will only you know lead you to you know the ultimate reality it's it's so amazing that if you just go and what try to follow your path of what you're supposed to do. Like the doors will open up. Like it's, yeah. it's amazing. Like once you just kind of just like act more like the, the leaf in the wind, you know, you know, like let yourself go in the river of life and like, this is what you should be doing. It doesn't make sense maybe, but just do it. And like, it's amazing that what doors will open up, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. The uni- I said that in my book. I think I said the universe will conspire to support you. Mm-hmm. But I think the important thing also is that 
<clears throat> you have to be pure with yourself. You know, if you are not, if you don't have a, a healthy relationship with yourself or you're disconnected from who you are, you may think you're following your inner muse or your inner voice, but there's a lot of static in there that you have to clear out first so that you can rely on that instinct and know that it is truly, you know, sort of the path for you. And I think that requires, that's a lot of, that's a lot of work to get to that point where you can trust and have that faith that you're on the right path for yourself, even if it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's, you know, the thing that I would stress the most is like, I I get real enjoyment from going to the self-realization fellowship, which, Mm -hmm. which is, uh, people don't know is, um, uh, a temple here in, in Los Angeles, which really kind of focuses on, you know, not any one specific religion, but really focuses on, you know, finding your true path and who you are and looking internally. And that's something that I take great pride in every day is like looking internally for guidance as opposed to maybe from, you know, others or a book or any of that kind of stuff. Cause it's at the end of the day, you got to do what's f- f- fueling your passion. Right. That's the right. Yeah. The self-realization uh, fellowship is, an amazing uh, organization. They have a property in Pacific Palisades that looks out over the Pacific Ocean. It was founded by a legendary, amazing yogi by the name of Paramahansa Yogananda, who was one of the earliest emissaries from the East to the West, who kind of, in many ways, introduced the West to yoga and kind of ancient healing practices. And he had quite a following. He came to the United States in 1920, I think, and to California specifically, I think around 1925, and had an interesting following of people, you know, everybody from George Eastman, the guy who invented the Kodak camera, to, you know, some pretty cool cats back in the day, and, uh, and was spreading this word of yoga, like long before, you know, now it's like you walk down the street, everybody's got a yoga mat, well, he has a hand in why that is, and mm-hmm. He built these incredible temples. There's one down in Encinitas on the ocean, which is why that surf point is called Swami's because of his fellowship there. I think the original one was in Mount Washington in East L.A. Yes, Mount Washington. Uh But he was quite an amazing character. And for people who've never heard of him, I urge all of you to check out his book, Autobiography of a Yogi, which is one of my favorite books. I've read it at least three times. I'm sure you've probably read it more than once. It's a classic. It's a must. It's a a good one. It's been an instrumental text in my kind of spiritual evolution, I would say. And, uh, and there's all these crazy stories about, I mean, his whole, his, I guess his core message really was transcending religion to find like the divinity in all disciplines and to, to create unity around that. And it, begins and ends with meditation practices, really. Mm -hmm. And he has this lake shrine in the Palisades. And if you follow, uh, (laughs) if you follow Travis on Instagram, he's not afraid to Instagram a photo now and again of him meditating at the lake. Right. So how did you, how did you first sort of come into that practice? Um, well, driving up to Malibu every day for school, you know, I was always passing by it, but actually of all people, my mom told me about it, um, which was, Mm. which was pretty awesome of her. Um, but I went, just kind of experienced once and I was like, you you know, you know, when you walk into a place and you just kind of feel at home, it was Mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, I was like, this is such a great energy and it felt so at home. It was like, this is something I want to be be back at as much as possible. So, mm-hmm. um, I try to go there as whenever I can. Mm-hmm. 
It's beautiful. What's your history with well, Yogananda? Well, yeah, generally? I have a deep, I have a deep history yeah. with Yogananda. <laughs> no, I would say um, he is one of the guiding uh, mentors in my life. Actually, you know, one of the three people that have influenced me more than any other historical figure. Um, and uh, um, I've, you know, spent many, 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 many meditations um, in communion with his energy and. Um, uh, our home actually is dedicated to him and uh, the uh, life work that will emerge in service to the children and to creativity and meditation um, that's just happening now. So it was, of course, wonderful to meet you at a Christmas party where we <laughs> knew no one and you and Richard talking about parkour, which I have no <laughs> idea what it is. I mean, I kind of did. But, um, you know, we sort of bond over that meditation thing because, you know, we share that kind of energy. And so over the weeks of texting and being in touch, you know, we know that we have that kind of common language or that, that base to, to begin from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He, uh, he's a, such an interesting, fascinating personality to mine. I mean, first of all, when you look at pictures of him, he has sort of aspects of masculine and feminine, like yeah. he's sort of a merging of the mm -hmm. sexes. Like you can't tell whether he's a woman or a man, which right. is like, he's sort of all, he's all in nothing. And everything which is kind of amazing and there's this incredible story about when he passed away in 1952 that uh i guess 20 days later the person at forest lawn who interned him or the the more i don't know if it was the mortuary guy or the guy at the cemetery uh said that his body had not deteriorated one bit in that 20 day period. He even signed, he was like, it was like a notarized document where he was like, I've never seen anything like this. Well, there's a life. newspaper article at the self-realization center in the museum that actually has a photo of Yogananda laying in state after he dropped his body. And, um, it was, I believe almost 30 days. And there was also an aroma of roses that was maintained. And that was his sort of demonstration of his, transcendence of the physical mm -hmm. and finally i think it freaked him out and they ordered it shut <laughs> oh is that what happened yeah the officials well, where's were his like, body now um i don't i don't know actually i don't know i don't know, I, don't know. Yeah. I think they have some of gandhi's uh remains at the self-realization yes they do uh-huh so anyway, yeah, it's not, I mean, for people that are unfamiliar with this, it's not about a religion or any kind of crazy cult or sect. It's really just about, you know, self-exploration and meditation. It's very non-denominational, and so don't be threatened. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just check out, check out that book if it speaks to you. I don't know. I think it's a cool resource for people. Mm -hmm. In fact, Julie and I, just this morning, we went and sat Darshan uh, before a sort of enlightened we received darshan yeah we received yes. darshan from yes. uh from an enlightened uh female energy named mother mira mm. you heard of her she's mm. actually from india um from the south part of india and she lives in germany and she does um just sort of a silent transmission so there's no discourse or, or speaking and it's an energy transmission so we spent a beautiful couple hours there with some dear friends ran into mm -hmm. some old friends and uh, it's a very, very beautiful consciousness. Yeah, it was cool. So how, is, how has like meditation kind of evolved for you? And how, how, I'm interested in, you know, I've had people that are meditation experts on the show. I've had world-class athletes. But, but it's rare that you find an athlete who really has um, incorporated 
meditation practice um, at a very kind of intimate level. And I'm interested in the, the nexus between athletic performance or sort of wellness in a mind, body, spirit way with meditation, sort of, you know, the athlete's perspective on that. Yeah, it's, 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 I would say it's helped me a lot actually, because in, in what I do is calisthenics, which is, you know, body movement, you have to really master the body and get it to move and, uh, perform, um, and, and, and strengthen it to, to kind of hold it crazy angles and crazy, you know, strength moves. And, and so really getting in tune with the body is, is really important. Um, and just like a yoga, just like, just mm-hmm. like yoga. And so in doing that, uh, it's, you know, you, you hit progressions and you hit goals and you try to go to the next plane. Um, and then in meditation, I find it very similar in the sense that kind of like once I first started meditating, I realized that there's so much enjoyment from meditating more and learning more about not only yourself, but you know, the spirits and, uh, your guides and, and how you can be better in tune with your, with your, with your soul, which mm-hmm. is essentially being better in tune with your body. And so it's been a great parallel in the sense that I've, I've been able to hold different moves or perform different stuff with my body physically, as well as I've been more in tune, I think, uh, internally with my body, you know, my mind and soul. So it's kind of exercising all three and kind of getting that element is, I think really helped me progress in the sport. I think. I mean, I think that, uh, that if you want to perform at your peak, you have to have mastery just not just over your physical you know mechanism but Mm -hmm. over your mental and emotional and spiritual bodies you Mm -hmm. know and to the extent that you can do that it's going to make you better in whatever your discipline is whether you're a corporate executive or a parkour artist or or what have you you know what i mean i think and i say this all the time like at the highest level of sport whatever your sport is all of these athletes are incredibly talented they're all training super hard they can't train any harder than they already do so what's left well you can dial up the nutrition and then after that it's like well what are you doing spiritually emotionally and mentally and i feel like that gets some attention but not nearly enough you know and i think that's the final frontier if you really want to maximize who you are unlock your true potential uh, yeah, like for example, the guy that I battled over this weekend, he's uh, on Instagram is always go wide uh, with a Z mm-hmm. uh, for uh, always, and he's this really incredible athlete. Um, and uh, Jordan is uh, just top of his top of his game. You know, he he was ranked top in, in the United States, and you know he trains all day every day. And and I knew that going in, um, and so I really had to to give it my all. And I think that a perfect example that you could use for this is that, you know, there was this, this move that I did, which is kind of like I jumped up onto a bar and did a backflip and then re grabbed the bar. And so it's like a pretty scary move. And, uh, you know, physically it's very tough, but beyond that, it mentally, it's just, mm-hmm. you get the, over, the fear of like, I'm probably going to hit my head on this bar, you know, right. or mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to miss it and land on the, on the ground and fall down. So it's, it's an element of fear just as much as mastering it physically. So, um, you know, I think that me and learning more in tune with my body and noticing that, you know, fear attracts fear and love attracts love. Like you can, you can overcome anything, you know, you have to set your mind to it. And that's something that you can, or I get, you know, a lot of inspiration from, from a lot of readings and meditations that I do. And that transcends exactly into what I'm performing, mm-hmm. you know, so I was able to perform this move that I, you know, think that helped win the competition basically just cause 
you know, it's, I think you got to mentally overcome that you can do anything and that, mm-hmm. that transcribes, you know, in your workout to your business, to, um, your, any, any, any element, any obstacle that right. you are. So. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it would have been very easy for you to just say, oh, I can't beat this guy. He trains all day, he trains yeah. more than me. He knows certain things that I don't know. He's been doing it longer and you can get into that like self-defeatist dialogue yeah. and, <laughs> and then, you know, and then go tell somebody else and have them rubber stamp it and say, yeah, you're right. You did yeah. good, but you know what I mean? Like to, the, it's, it's really hard to put that to rest and, and transcend that and get into a different headspace with it. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's amazing. Well, and I think like the default with is that the way that, um, we're all programmed is we get into a flow and we're trying to achieve something or we're working on the technique or the physical, or we're even working mentally. And, you know, I was reminding myself this morning after spending two hours in deep meditation, just completely, you know, out that, you know, I have to remember, we have to remember it's to our benefit that meditation should be the first thing, (laughs) the first thing, Mm -hmm. not the thing like, well, I'll do that later after I finish my to-do list. You Mm -hmm. know, it's the thing that if you, if you can achieve the, and shift that focus and make that the priority where that's the first thing you do, you get up and you sit, you know, or I even, you know, some people say don't meditate at night. I'm, I'm all for meditating at night. I mean, I think it's, it's another quiet moment. Um, but that communion with yourself, you can't even know the messages you're receiving or the rejuvenation you're receiving. Um, it's quite extraordinary and I've experienced it, you know, with my music and, you know, I wasn't even trying to write songs and it was my deepest heart's desire and my personality didn't even know, like wasn't even paying attention. And then I started meditating and then they just started coming. So I think we all have amazing gifts that are waiting there to be communicated. And um, so uh, meditation is really a, a key and a, a technique and a, a practice that can really, really free us. There's a, there's, there's a gap between intellectually understanding that and, and putting it into action, though. Because mm-hmm. I, I understand that intellectually, and I struggle with putting it into action. And when I do put it into action, I see the results sometimes almost immediately in the mm-hmm. quality of my life or just in the quality of my day-to-day interactions with other people or how I feel. Like today, I feel great because we went and we did that this morning. Um, <clears throat> but then tomorrow, I'll wake up and I'll be like, I'm busy. And you know, sometimes the idea for, of, of me going out and hammering like a 12-mile run mm-hmm. is easier than trying to just get myself to sit down and be quiet for... 20 minutes. Well, that's true. And, and, um, we'll be exploring this more, um, with each other as the, as the weeks go <laughs> yeah. on. But, but, um, you know, there's a, an actually a beautiful, uh, monk who we're going to be hosting at, at the house. Um, his name is, uh, Vidya Hishananda and he is from the high Himalayas, um, in, uh, meditating in the caves in the Northern, Northern Himalayas. And, uh, he shared very recently that, uh, you may go out and experience a run and you may have a meditative experience, but running is not 
meditating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he was very clear to point out to, you know, to many of us that, you know, a lot of people are interchanging those two things and thinking that if, I mean, if I sing, I can lose myself and I could say, well, that's meditation. Or if I'm cooking, you know, and I'm in the moment, that's meditation. Or if you're training, that's meditation. But he's being very clearly distinguishing that is not meditation. It is a meditative experience. They're two different things. Mm. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> I know you don't. <laughs> you know, no, you know, my, I'm, I'm, I'm getting better. I'm evolving. You, know? you are. You've been meditating actually. Quite but, well. And I need it because I don't, you know, my, my default is not to show up at a competition and go face to face with a guy who I know is trained harder than me and believe that I can beat him. My, my default, unless I work hard to counteract it, is very defeatist, is very negative. Like my, I can, you know, I'll start saying things, things will come out of my mouth and Julie will say, you're just running that program again. Like when are you going to, you know, when are you going to like reboot your operating system and install a new program? And it's like, I need that objective feedback to remind me when I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. I am like, I don't have to tell myself that story. I can tell myself a different story. Right. And it's, it's the thoughts that are so powerful too, you know, so we can say, well, I didn't say anything or, you know, I, you know, I, uh, no one knew how I really felt or whatever, but it's like, if you're running those thoughts, you know, that's my little joke around where I just say thoughts are things. (laughs) Yeah. That can be so annoying. Thoughts are things. (laughs) So anyway, meditation is, listen, for years, I mean, I read, I didn't even, I read only spiritual texts for probably 30 years of my life. I never read a story, you know? Um, and for many of those years I was reading in all of those books, the information I was getting, basically the biggest key of everything I ever read was meditate. (laughs) And I kept reading about it and knowing that it was really, really important, but I wasn't ready to do it yet until, you know, life kind of provided me with a space that wasn't so great, it wasn't so fun, but um, it uh, forced me to sit down. When you're, when you're, you know, staring down the barrel of trying to up the ante on the next, you know, sort of level of, of what you're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. with your calisthenics or your parkour, and that fear crops up. I mean, what are the techniques that you use to dismiss it or deal with it or kind of walk through it? Yeah. Um, what, and this is what I recommend for not only in the physical space, but, you know, in business or anything else, but it's steps, it's progression. Um, so, like, for example, like the, the backflip regrab that I was working at, you know, like first thing I did was, you know, I made a, a line in the sand and, you know, I was doing backflip on the ground. And then mm-hmm. I found a, a bar that was, you know, I did it on a cement block that was too two feet off the ground and then I there's a balance beam that was you know three feet off the ground and then you know four and five and kind of you work your way up and Mm -hmm. then um so it's just taking those small steps but you know I you know and eventually be able to do it on a you know 10 foot 10 foot bar or something like that right but um it's it's kind of taking those small steps if I never did the 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 two foot or the three (laughs) foot I would have never have tried the 10 foot you know Mm -hmm. so it's Mm -hmm. like but you know, once you once you make that, you're like, oh, okay, I did that last one. I think I could do the next one. You know, mm-hmm. like I think I could do this next one. You know, and it's like, um, you that applies so well in like any kind of obstacle that you're doing, and and you know, um, you know, from obstacle courses, 
to you know to life to so, meditation to meditation yeah, right. yeah. you know well, it's right. like, i mean yeah basically it says sit down and create a plan a mm. progression and you know set your goal out in the future and work backwards from that yeah. what are the stepping stone goals that you're going to try to hit i mean you know it's no different like ultraman like it sounds so crazy and long and when i first thought i'm going to do this i didn't know how it was going to happen but you just back it up and you're yeah. like you know this week i'm going to go this far and then the next week when you go a little bit farther it doesn't seem like that much and before you know it you're breaking through all those boundaries and you're doing more than you ever thought you ever could. And it doesn't even feel like that crazy or amazing because it's just one step further than you went the week prior or the month prior. Mm -hmm. Right. And so if I was, if I was going to give somebody some advice or some help to get started in a meditation practice, they could just, you could just simply sit down and say, I'm going to take 10 really, really long inhales and exhales as long as I can, you're going to make the inhale as smooth as the exhale, like even breaths. Mm -hmm. And if you just did, if you just started every morning with 10 of those breaths, so as long as you can do it, so it could be, you know, eight counts, or if you have a lot of lung, lung capacity, it could be 20 counts inhaling and then exhaling the same length. That already is a form of meditation. So there you go. You just meditated for the first time. And then you can take that and build on that, and you can try techniques and mm -hmm. go from there. All right. It's so easy. Maybe I'll try that. Just try that. <laughs> <laughs> have you, uh, have you um, seen this documentary, The Crash Reel? The, snow, the snowboarding uh, documentary? I've, I've heard a oh. lot about it, and I have uh -huh. not seen it yet. Oh, my goodness. So I've heard great things, though. Julie and I just got back. We were in uh, Las Vegas for the last three days taking part in something called Catalyst Week, which is a program started by Tony Shea, the CEO of Zappos, uh, and his um, dream to reinvigorate the downtown section of Los Angeles. Not the strip part. No, but Las the, Vegas. La, what did I you say? said Los Angeles. Oh, I said Los Angeles. <laughs> I meant Las Vegas. Las Vegas. The old downtown part of Las Vegas, uh, down by City Hall, where Zappos just moved into the old City Hall the, building as their headquarters. Fremont Street and all yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Right. Fremont Street. And he's you heard about it? <clears throat> I've been to Catalyst Week. Oh, oh you, you have been. Go. You okay, have cool. been to Catalyst right Week. Cool. So great experience. Yeah, it was amazing. And uh, and 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 basically, um, for those that are listening. He's earmarked like 350 million of his own dollars to this gentrification project. Not even gentrification; it's really reinvigoration. And he's bought like 200 million dollars worth of real estate, essentially like a six-block square, you know, six square blocks of this downtown area, and um, trying to bring in young entrepreneurs and social entrepreneurs and support them and their startups to breathe new life into this area and once a month they have something called catalyst week where they bring in interesting compelling people speakers etc and i was fortunate enough to be asked to come and speak and julie and i went out there and um there were some amazing speakers and it was an incredible experience learning about what's happening down there and i urge everybody who's listening to if you just google downtown project zappos you, you can read a bunch of articles it's they profiled it in forbes and wired and all these magazines um but Kevin Pierce and uh, and his brother Adam Adam were there, and they screened this documentary, The Crash Reel, which is essentially the story of Kevin, who was an Olympic hopeful, uh, who going leading up into the the 2012 Olympics, um, was 
basically going to be the guy who was finally going to beat Sean White in snowboarding. He uh, was already beating Sean. He, he had been beating many, him all year and then suffers races. this uh, horrible accident, a traumatic brain injury when he wipes out on a training run. And it's sort of the story of what happens and how his family deals with it and how he comes back. But it very much talks about um, pushing the envelope, whether it's, you know, you're going to go from the 10 meter bar to the 15 meter bar when you're going to do this next backflip to the progression and snowboarding of the crazier and crazier tricks and building your own private um, half pipe and, and, you know, these foam baths or whatever that they could land to so they can continue to push the envelope and kind of where that's going with X Games and these crazy things that they're doing on snowmobiles and dirt bikes and all of that. So um, it's an inspiring movie. Everybody, if you haven't seen it, it's an HBO documentary. I don't know if it's still airing on HBO, but you can get the, the DVD on Amazon, et cetera. Um, and yeah. we got a chance to hang out with Kevin and, uh, and Adam, and we were so inspired by these two guys and what they're trying to do to try to spread awareness for traumatic brain injuries and, and being safe. And the message really isn't don't do these fun things. It's be mindful of what you're doing. And, and, and I think it, it sort of dovetails into what you do and this mindfulness, this practice of mindfulness that you're bringing to what, you know, from an outsider's perspective looks like it could be terribly dangerous. I and mean, it is dangerous what you do. Yeah. I, it, and it's so funny that on the comments on Instagram and Facebook and stuff, you know, you get a wide variety of comments uh-huh. like, oh, that's so amazing. That's so inspiring. Or that's, that's so dangerous. You know, like I would never do that. Or, you know, that's, 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 that's silly. But like, you know, I, I also train all the time for, to do this and progress to, to do this. So it's, it's not, I wouldn't say, you know, it's, it's, it's a different, I wouldn't recommend anyone try it, you know, mm-hmm. on the right. first day. Kids know? don't right. try this yeah. at home. Yeah. Do you wear a helmet? I do not, no. Uh-huh. But Kevin Pierce has, has a message for you. We have a, <laughs> we have a helmet you. for you, yeah. actually, when you leave today. <laughs> but no. if I was snowboarding or skiing, I would you wear, would a, wear helmet. a helmet. Yes, yeah. not, uh-huh. not specifically for the, the pull-up bar. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I want to talk about where this is, where this has led you. Cause so after this, this Ninja warrior experience, yeah. suddenly you're kind of like the guy, right? Like you're, you're the go-to parkour, you know, calisthenics guy and you're living in Los Angeles. And so this is suddenly creating opportunities. For Do you, you have new special clothes for that title? Uh, well, well he has I, the pie I, I decided, but... I decided to make my own clothes. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I wanted to, in, in kind of, and entering the, the, the yoga calisthenic body movement world, like was reaching out with speaking with different brands and I didn't really identify with any of the specific brands. So I wanted to make one that, you know, could make a difference. And, and, uh, one that was giving back, you know, I was so inspired by like a Tom shoes and a Patagonia right. and was wishing that there was a brand like that in the, mm-hmm. in the active wear space. So I went out and started my own. So cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. So go to, it's pylifestyle.com. Pie right? And yeah. so like how many styles is the line and is it men's and women's and it's men's and women. Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. we have, we started off with a basic line and then we're evolving and we have like mm-hmm. a full line of, uh, we just start off with tops to begin with, but we have tops and sports bras and, and pants and, uh, jackets and everything designed out. So we cool. can start rolling everything out, um, in the future. Awesome. So, cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, but back to kind of my line of inquiry of, of kind of where this is taking you in terms of opportunities. You have, so you have your own company now, um, but 
but you're like you're like the guy now. So when someone wants to learn parkour, or mm-hmm. like I mean, are you getting opportunities to be like a stuntman in the movies? I mean, I know you did. I want to hear about your experience on the Tim Ferriss's new show, Tim Ferriss, uh, the Tim Ferriss experiment, experiment right? Yeah. The experiment. Yeah. So I guess Tim Ferriss was uh, has a show that has come out called the Tim Ferriss Experiment, and uh, he basically, for people who don't know, he's an author that wrote the four hour work week and the mm-hmm. four hour body and the four hour chef. And it's a New York times bestselling book that kind of displays, you know, kind of shortcuts for life is basically an easy way to describe it, but you know, how to, how to, you know, work for four hours a week and, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. But it transcends and transitions into like the body, you know, like how to, how to lose weight quickly or how to gain muscle, that kind of stuff. And so, um, he wanted to use these kind of, he's this kind of, self-proclaimed scientific guinea pig, you know, on like how to test and find the fastest route to the cheese. And so, um, he wanted to start doing different, uh, type of exercises or different, you know, skill sets. So like one of them was actually drumming and right he, on the, on the premiere episode, he did a drumming with, um, a world famous drummer and, uh, performed a, at a concert and that kind of stuff. Um, I think it was, with uh, the police, the drummer from the police. Oh, really? I, think uh-huh. I, I can't remember the exact episode, but Miles Copeland is that who it is? is that who, uh, Who's the drummer? No, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's no. Miles St- Copeland wasn't the drummer. Stewart. Yeah. I don't remember. Anyway, and uh, that's bad. and yeah, so that's bad. I got uh, I got asked to do it with this uh, one of the pro team members at um, at the Tempest Gym is uh, named Brian Orozco. So he was he was asked to be one of the coaches, and I was asked to be one of the coaches for the parkour, and more specifically in the calisthenic world. Mm-hmm. So we were the two uh, experts in uh, teaching Tim how to do parkour. Right. So he comes in, and he's like, teach me how to do this. And then his whole thing is the 80-20 rule. Like, how can I figure out how to be, to, to, to perform at least 80% of what you're doing with 20% of the work, which is kind of like his thumbnail thing. Yeah. So he's trying to identify the shortcuts to learning this quickly. Is that <laughs> yeah. the a idea? Short, uh-huh. Shortcut to parkour. Exactly. So only, when you're like, dealing, I mean, run. it's one thing when you're drumming, it's another thing when you're dealing with something that's potentially very dangerous. No, yeah. So yeah. He, only, he only runs up like a foot and a half off. No. <laughs> so I don't we, put it past him to figure anything out. Uh, Tim's an athlete. Yeah. We, uh, oh, yeah. Well, uh, we, we put him through a, a rigorous test. He'll, 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 he'll tell you all about it, but, um, yeah, that episode has that, it hasn't aired, it hasn't yet, aired right? yet. So mm-hmm. I can't, I can't give away the ending, but, um, but you got to spend how much time with him, a, a, you know, a week, right. you know, so, Doing that. That's which cool. was great. And, uh, do you know when that episode is going to air? I'll find out for you guys. Yeah. I'll, I'll shoot you an email, but uh, it should be coming out, um, pretty soon, pretty soon within yeah. the next month. Cool. So, um, but that, uh, was a great experience, but you know, we, with Tim, it was not necessarily like, you know, he runs, you know, only 20% of the course, we take him through everything and then he figures mm-hmm. out how he can do it more efficiently. So we would right. basically teach him, you know, how to jump from one wall to the other. And, you know, basically there's many different techniques to get from point A to point B, but how to do that the fastest or the most efficient. So mm-hmm. teaching him a, a move, which is called a Kong, which is basically like if you have a, uh, you know, this, uh, um, I have my hand on a stack of uh, books from uh, from the richest book here. Yeah. But if you're if, if I'm walking over and this is something like a imagine it being like a hurdle with something that you need to jump over, you can place your hands on it and, and throw your body over it, and it's called a kong. Right. And so we were teaching him how to kong and do double kongs and stuff. So everything you'd see on like the James Bond movies and that kind of stuff, or the right. Bourne Identity movies, <clears> but. <throat> 
um, teaching him those type of stuff. And then we applied it to an actual course, um, how to get through a timed course uh, um, as fast as possible. Gotcha. That's cool, man. Mm So are you getting, uh, like, calls to be in the next Bond movie? I mean, does is this translate into you doing parkour on film? Because, I mean, you know, you make your own videos and all mm-hmm. of that, and people are paying attention to what you're doing. So I'm interested uh, in where it's heading for you. If you guys want, James Bond, you want to yeah. a call? Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'm, I'm, I'll answer. No. Um, uh, to answer your question, I do have friends that do, like, stunts in movies, and mm-hmm. um, it, it's something that interests me. Um, but it... it doing stunts in movies just because you know it's just like being an actor just because you know there's tons of people that want to be actors and actresses um but you got to go to the auditions and you got to you know you got to not only be skilled but a little bit lucky as well and you know there's there's a lot of you know I, I, the talent is there to do the stunts but you know what's been motivating me more right now is you know running a business and you know and teaching a movement um i think that what's really been inspiring me now is not just specifically you know entering these competitions, which I really enjoy doing, but I want to be able to teach other people how to move better, move more fluidly mm-hmm. e- either within parkour or with the calisthenics. And so I'm, I'm really interested in kind of combining a yoga and a, and a calisthenics and a parkour and melting everything together and teaching people how to move and get, get, you know, more comfortable within their bodies and kind of that animalistic instinct of, of going back and using your, your instincts and, and playing like a kid again, you know, mm-hmm. like getting, it's so good for our society and for humans to kind of get back into that role. And so it's, um, I, I'm, I'm more motivated by that than trying to be, you know, being, being, being exploded in a movie, in, in a movie and yeah. like, <laughs> you know, like, Oh, I'm that guy that caught on fire, you know, right. like <laughs> it's, it doesn't motivate me as much, but you know, like I, if there was an opportunity, I would do it, but it, uh, I'm not knocking on doors to do it. Right. So, so are you uh, like actively coaching or not coaching, but or leading, I guess, teaching, um, you know, open groups. I mean, if somebody was interested in like learning from you, is yeah. that a possibility? Yeah. So I, I, out of Venice, Santa Monica or in the LA area right now, I, you know, I, I do train and, and teach people, you know, at Muscle Beach. Um, and I enjoy doing that, you know, training people actually out of my garage. I turn my garage into a gym. Mm-hmm. And so I've been uh, training um, kind of invite only type uh, group training right now. But you know that I, I want that'll evolve into kind of workshops and and uh, and, and speaker series and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. as well. So that's kind of the next evolution. Yeah, I, I can see you. I mean, have you gone to schools and and uh, talked to kids and done demos and stuff like that? Uh, a little bit. Um, I, I we did some experience. So like, kind of the next evolution as well is you know we're giving money to a food water shelter with with Pi Lifestyle. The next evolution is going to be a positive impact movement, mm-hmm. which will be launching um, you know this year. And with that, we have a dedicated uh, nonprofit, which I'm going to start, which will be just to improve parks and playgrounds for kids. And so from there, my vision is really I want to be able to, you know, the, the calisthenic parks that are, if you Google the Battle of the Bars 3 that I was in, right. it's just a, you know, it's a pull-up bar and some dip bars and some monkey bars. I want to be able to install these and maybe some sand, you know, at different parks all across the world mm-hmm. and kind of like what. Venice or Santa Monica Muscle Beaches. So like dedicate and raise awareness. You know, I'm going to always be donating at least 5% back to this nonprofit, but I want to go to, out to schools and teach kids how to, you know, bring back, you know, because right. PE is being cut out of all the schools, you know, so be another alternative of teaching people how to, how to get out there and move, you know, like 
you know, stop playing the video games, you know, right, exactly. <laughs> get off the couch. Yeah. I mean, when we were, move. when we were in, uh, in downtown Las Vegas the other day and they were giving us a tour, we were in Tony Shea's apartment and there's a, there's a wall where they have all these post-it notes up there with all these ideas of that people have put up for different things that they'd like to see in downtown. And I thought it would be cool to have like an adventure course that just went around with bars and things like that. And I thought of you and I thought, you know, you probably <laughs> would be suggesting that, you know, That's to be able to cruise around that neighborhood and have stuff, you know, pull up bars or whatever, just positioned in yeah. different locations. It's funny you said that, but I've actually talked to Tony about it already. Oh, you have? Okay, yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, of course he, you have. Yeah, and Tony's actually really excited about it. So I have a um, uh, a build team up at Summit Series. I, I Showing yeah. you guys, but for the people who's not listening, I helped uh, Summit Series is an organization which brings together, you know, interesting people like Catalyst, but, uh, you know, and uh, people that are entrepreneurs and social entrepreneurs and uh, this group, you know, it's, I think it's summit.co. Um, is that their website? It's their website. Summit. And mm-hmm. you can learn more about it there, but it, they pulled together and they bought uh, a mountain in Utah called Powder Mountain. And uh, I was fortunate enough to... Um, become friends with them and uh, I've done some work out there and I helped build a, a bird's nest with my friend Hannes and uh, it's insane and it's the coolest thing I've ever seen and, and built some other you know uh, interesting uh, we built like a, a wiki up which is like a, a, tr- a wooden teepee and I also built a a wooden version of or a natural version of muscle muscle beach called muscle forest mm-hmm. and uh, you know I wanted to uh be able to start building more calisthenic playgrounds and, and natural playgrounds. And so I, I was telling Tony Shea about it. And so he's, he's, he's interested. He's we, it. I just yeah. got to, you know, we got to get, you know, all, put all the pieces, all the puzzle together for right. the proposal, but it's something that I would envision happening, you know, it's very yeah, cool. It's cool. It should be. I mean, it's, it can't cost that much money either. It's pretty no. low dollar investment. Um, but I want to talk about these, this bird nest thing because the that doesn't nest. really do it justice. You showed us pictures. <laughs> Hopefully I would love to put a, put a couple pictures of those art pieces up on the blog post. Yeah. For the, I'll, for I'll send you, you some send them to me. I, I think it might most, be one on my Instagram, but they're incredibly beautiful. When you say bird's nest, this is a, this thing is like 15 feet across in diameter, right? Like mm-hmm. it's a life size, like a human sized bird's nest made out of interwoven um, branches that is absolutely stunning. And I mean, they're incredible works of art. And then the one that kind of stands up, what do you call the one that kind of has a bulb at the top with a hole in it? Yeah. So it's like a fully enclosed bird's nest essentially. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, it's one that, you know, has a hole that you can kind of climb into. Um, and I, I can't take all the credit for, for building or designing it. Um, my, my friend Hannes Wingate is, is the man responsible for it. But, uh, a really neat story how we met as I was at Summit Series and they bring together just kind of interesting people and CEOs and, you know, meeting founders of different companies and, you know, uh, you know, your Tony Shays and that kind of stuff are there. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, so I'm shaking hands and meeting people and I meet a guy who says, you know, I was like, Oh, what company do you run? He's like, Oh, I'm just here to build a bird's nest. And I'm like, right. well, what do you mean by that? And then he's like, no, I'm going to build a human sized bird's nest. It replicates, you know, life and, you know, the company's nesting here. And so I wanted to be in a physical art piece that you could represent. And I was like, well, I'd love to help you build that. And he's like, well, you know, it's quite dangerous. It's going to be a lot of work. It's going to be a lot of work. (laughs) I don't think you really want to do this. And, and, you know, you got to be climbing up a tree, like, and I was like, like, no, you don't understand. I'm the guy. I don't think you understand. (laughs) I'm a a ninja. You know, (laughs) I showed him my video and he's like, Oh, okay. Yeah, you can help me. And so I became his apprentice. And, um, 
you know, and it's involved into not only you become friends with someone quite quickly when you're up in a tree with them for, you know, weeks at a time. So, (laughs) (laughs) uh, you know, kind of the vision is to continue to build out these types of of nests and parks and playgrounds um, is something that we've been working on. So, well, we. We hope we're going to be able to get you guys to build one here. Yeah, I know that's 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 a dream <laughs> yeah. to be able to to be able to get that going on. We'll build one. Have that. We'll build one here, and any of the viewers who are looking for one of a kind art uh, art piece in bird's nest, you know, we're we're for hire. So is there a, <laughs> is there a website for that or um, uh, just contact us? You just know, contact we're, you. We're eventually we're kind of we're just kind of word of mouth right now flying around yeah yeah and again i'll put a couple of pictures up of of the pieces you guys have done on the site so but Um, you know he just he works with really high-end clientele um and builds you know specific pieces for what they're kind of what you're saying is it's not cheap no it's It's not not cheap cheap, but it's it's you know it's it's a once in a lifetime opportunity so that's right so i want to talk about summit a little bit um because julie and i are getting ready to go out there next month I don't know. You're going to be there. You're going to be there. You're going to be there the 21st or the 23rd. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) No problem. (laughs) Um, We have not been out to, to uh, Powder Mountain yet, but we're looking forward to it. And it is pretty amazing what this group of young individuals have built. Um, And you've been up there a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. A handful of times. They've been hosting kind of annual events and get togethers now that they have this physical location. Um, and they're really trying to build community around this mountain. They've bought an unbelievable amount of real estate. They bought the entire mountain. They have, they're developing, you know, properties where people can have homes there. Mm-hmm. And the idea is to really kind of incubate great ideas around social entrepreneurs and thought leaders. And they invite interesting people out there and they have annual events like these. Um, they did one last summer, I guess, where everyone stayed in tents and mm-hmm. they've done one in a, on a, on a cruise line. And, um, it's a pretty dynamic group of, you know, they're, they're all like what in their early thirties, yeah pretty much young 30s, people yeah. who've really seemed to, um, done some pretty amazing things in a short period of time. So it'll be interesting to learn more about that and to see where that's heading. But, um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I keep meeting people who have been up there and, you know, I've gotten to know Elliot Biznow, who's mm-hmm. the founder a little bit. And, uh, Natalie Spilger, who we've met, we went to one dinner that when they had it at, in Brentwood. What was yeah, that? they had Two an amazing, ago. amazing dinner in Brentwood that was just extraordinary. So, so it's fun. Yeah, what do we need to know? What should we be? <laughs> just be prepared for a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, all righty. Bring yeah. our snowboards and our yeah. skis, right? Yeah, or you you can rent them there. Rent them there. Literally. Good because I don't have any. I'm looking forward to skiing. Yeah. yeah, we we got back into skiing uh, over the holidays. We were in Alaska, uh-huh. seeing my family, and uh, it was so nice to be back on the snow. Yeah, it's been a long time for me. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, being up it'll the, be good. Being up in the mountains and in the snow is it's not bad. It's refreshing. <laughs> right, <laughs> it's really nice. So I guess we can, uh, I want to wrap it up, but, um, I'm interested in kind of, you know, parting words and, and the kind of message that you want to make sure you convey to young people or people out there that feel stuck in their life or feel like this is all great, but I'm not a talented gymnast. And, you know, I just go to work every day and, you know, you're talking about authentic self. I don't even know what that means. Like what, you know, what are you even trying to say to me? Yeah. Um, I think, uh, the easiest answer to that is, is, is looking internally, um, excuse me, you know, either through meditation or through just self-reflection or, you know, like, you know, stress that meditation, you know, even could be, you know, writing in a journal or it could be walking on, walking down the street alone, you know, like it's, it doesn't have to be like, you know, 
chanting and you know and with candles and incense it's 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 really kind of looking internally of what you are and what your gifts are and what what makes you happy and 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 going forth and um the universe like you said the universe kind of unfolds and unlocks itself once you find out Mm -hmm. what makes you happy and then going all in on it so it's like don't be afraid to to be who you are and, and 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 work towards being the best that you can be um and doing that 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 you know you will really unlock you know what 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 it is that you're supposed to be doing and Mm -hmm. you know you will get such gratification from doing that um you know that for me it's you know making a positive impact in the world through movement and 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 that's you know what i enjoy but that doesn't mean that that is the right answer for anyone else Mm -hmm. you know and 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 i i enjoy meeting people who do enjoy it but it, it doesn't i get more enjoyment from finding people who who find themselves and, and, and are just being the best at, at being them. So. Right. And I think there is, there is something universal though about, uh, finding happiness in service, you know, and the more that you're giving back, whether it's through pie lifestyle or through the teaching that you're doing or inspiring young people, um, there is something in that exchange that really is, <clears throat> you know, really, uh, you know, the secret to kind of unlocking, you know, happiness is, can be used in kind of a glib way, but really kind of like satisfaction with what you're doing with your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, it, you know, it's, it's enjoyable. You know, everything's an evolution, but it's like, you know, like, just like I said, like, you know, if I, when I graduated from Pepperdine, I'd be like, you know what, I, I want to be teaching Tim Ferriss something one day, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I'm going to, you, know, you know, like how, 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 how do I go out? You know, like, you know, if that was my goal when I graduated college, like I want to be an expert in something, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, I want to, you know, I, I thought it would have been, I had to be the best in running in a, a clothing line or running a business or something like that. And then Tim would want to get my advice or something like that. But, you know, I never would have thought it'd been like, Hey, you get, you get really good at pull-ups and jumping off stuff. <laughs> you know, Like Tim Ferriss is going to knock on your door, you know, like, it's not like I never do that, you know, but it's, it's me just following my passion and people realize that you're doing you and being mm-hmm. really good at it. Like I think, um, you know, so you'll see some more photos on my Instagram or on my blog, um, that all that my, my I was looking at my, some photos my photographer took over the weekend and like, you know, there's some really awesome photos of me jumping off stuff and flipping off stuff. But like him and I, we get just as much enjoyment. Like the celebration or the look on my eye, you know, like the look in my mm-hmm. eye that like, I'm just really enjoying what I'm doing, you know, in between sets, you know, like you know, when I'm like, you know, chalking up and about to jump on again, you can see that like, you know, this is, I'm, I'm just being me, you know, this, mm-hmm. I'm enjoying every, every yeah, it's second. Yeah, for real. Is you're being authentic, you mm-hmm. know, and even in the, I, I watched a video of you at the, the Ninja Warrior, you know, you're running the course or whatever. And they're like, this guy just won't stop smiling. <laughs> yeah. <And he's> like, <laughs> what is he doing? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Um, and that's infectious, you know, and, and it's that same, like, I relate to what you just said completely because, you know, I didn't start riding my bike, you know, four or five years ago because I wanted to have a podcast, you know, (laughs) it's like, it doesn't even make sense. You know, I was like, I was doing it. I felt compelled to do it. It didn't make any sense, but I felt like this is, you know, this is, this is something I need to do. This feels right to me. And, and there were many times where it didn't you know it was sort of like what am I doing you know like sort of dark moments of the soul but just feeling compelled to continue on this path and having trust and faith that it would lead me in some direction any direction but to look back and then you look backwards and it all makes perfect sense Mm -hmm. but you can't have that foresight you can't see it you know where you're at looking forward and you just have to trust that will unfold if you're if you really are dialed in 
interpersonally with who you are and you're trusting and you're kind of taking the next right action on a daily basis. You still have to do the work. Like people yeah. say, oh, we'll have faith. I mean, th- that can get misconstrued to this idea that you're sitting around doing nothing, waiting for things to happen. It doesn't mean that. It just means that continue to do what you're doing. Don't, don't overly attach to the results of anything and just be true to yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't have said it better myself. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, you know, regurgitating what you said beautifully before. Yeah. I, I think kind of to pull that in for the other people listening, for example, like if you told me I had to run 10 miles, like I would have, I could, I don't, A, I wouldn't want to do it, you know, or I wouldn't, I wouldn't be happy doing, you know, anything after the first mile, you know, and, but, you know, just like if, you know, like, hey, you want to come down and do some pull-ups with me on the beach? You're like, I probably not want to do that many pull-ups, you yeah. know? But it's like, it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's like we, you put in the work, you know? It's like, you know, like, just like you were saying, it's like to run an ultra marathon, you know? It's like, you know, got to start running the 5K, the 10K, mm-hmm. the half marathon, the marathon, you know? And then it comes a progression, you know? And so it's yeah. like finding your passion, whatever it is. And it might be art. It might be meditation. It might be, you know, it... it, it playing the guitar or the drums, you know, like find, find your muse and and Mm -hmm. go after it. So, yeah. And I think, you know, um, in this, you know, day and age, particularly with men, um, we're not encouraged to do that. You Mm -hmm. know, it's sort of like, it's not okay for a dude to like, you know, follow his muse. You know what I mean? (laughs) Especially if he's, you know, Hey man, you got bills to pay and you got mouths to feed and, you know, get back to work and, you know, show up at, you know, get to work early and the early bird gets the worm. There's no time for the muse. Like, what are are you talking about? The muse, you know what I mean? And, and so my message is always, you know, no matter how busy you are, you've got to find a way to unlock, you know, that, that piece that you've pushed down that maybe, you know, you enjoyed as a kid, you know, you've got to find a way to foster and fertilize and, and breathe life into, some passion, maybe it's a lost passion, maybe it's a new one. And that doesn't mean you're going to quit your job or be irresponsible to your family. Just start trying to find a way to express it more fully in your mm-hmm. life and, and, you know, let that blossom however it may. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it is tied to your, you know, your, your child self, you know, like yeah. what was natural to you before anybody told you you couldn't do it mm-hmm. or before, you know, life circumstance set in and something else took off. Um, because we all share that even here in this room, each of us are doing our authentic heart and living. That is what we were naturally doing as a kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, we can call my mom up, but she'll tell you that at two years old, I was on the roof, you know? So it's right. like, <laughs> she was like, get yeah. off the roof, you know, like, <laughs> and I was scolded. I shouldn't be up there, but who would have not thought that, you know, jumping from roofs is, uh, you know, like, What's the problem? Yeah, you couldn't What's get me out that? of the, you yeah. couldn't get me out of the pool or, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't come home, you know, That's I was right. running around the neighborhood outdoors and wouldn't come inside. So it That's is right. that very childlike, innocent thing that you're just hardwired to, you know, be attracted to mm-hmm. and trying to recapture some aspect of that and express it in adult life, I think is, you know, something we, we That's all right. need more of. Yeah. And I know? remember I was six years old and I had a, uh, it was like a singing program for some holiday and, uh, I got up and I, I had the flu and I knew I had the flu, but I went anyway <laughs> because I knew I had this performance. And then when we were waiting to go on, I just couldn't, I couldn't bear it. I just, my fever was too, too bad. So I went to the nurse's office and my teacher came to me and, and, um, you know, she felt really bad. And I remember looking at her and telling her, her name was Sally Brown. And I said, well, you're going to have to do it without me. 
And I said it like really straight face. And I remember her kind of laughing because for me, even though I was six, I was, I was a full blown singer. Like it wasn't, (laughs) it it was just funny. Um, so yeah. So me too. Right. All right, man. How do you feel? I feel great. Did we do it? (laughs) Yeah, I think we did it, man. (laughs) Did we discuss it? Thanks for doing it. Um, that was awesome. That was very inspiring. And, uh, you know, I love your message. Um, and, uh, proud to uh give you a mic and hopefully uh have a few new people tune into your frequency dude absolutely cool thank you so if people want to find out more about what travis is doing uh on instagram and on twitter your t brewer b-r-e-w-e-r 314 yeah right or i have a website just mm-hmm. travis travis j travis brewer dot me or dot com dot com yeah. okay and PyLifestyle.com. Yeah, you can find everything on right. TravisJBrewer.com. And uh, and and also, you know, if you just if you just Google them, there's some pretty rad videos and stuff yeah, like you that. Yeah, got to check them out. Doing some crazy yeah. stuff. So you got to check out this birdhouse. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and we and love it because Pie Lifestyle rhymes with Jai Lifestyle. That's, That's right. That's our <laughs> I know. All right. Awesome, man. It's cool. You're doing great stuff. Thank you. Yeah. Cool. So thanks a lot, man. Let's let's go eat now. Yeah. Let's what do, do it. Think? All right. That sounds great. All right. Cool. Peace. Much love. Plants. Namaste. All right, people. That's our show this week. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you dug Travis. He was awesome. I'm definitely inspired to take my meditation game to the next level and uh, also delve a little bit more into the functional body strength stuff. Uh, (laughs) I think I'm definitely going to go down to Muscle Beach on Sunday afternoon and watch these guys do their stuff. Maybe uh, I'll make a little video or something like that. I can't wait to see these guys in action. If you're new to the show, you can find me on social media at all the typical places. On Twitter, I'm at Rich Roll. Same thing on Instagram, R-I-C-H-R-O-L-L. On Facebook, uh, it's forward slash Rich Roll Fans. And uh, follow me there. Find me there. Uh, We'll be coming back next week with another great episode. In the meantime, get out there. Get it done. Get healthy. Get fit. Eat good foods. Feel great. That's my goal for you. So uh, we'll check in with you next week. Uh, Until then, be good. Peace. Plants.